Group, you could try narcotics. It would, it would, it would do one. What I want you to do is to, um, I want you to do something because if I'm going to equip you to reach a lost and dying world, we have to change something. Okay? So this, this, this will be really hard for some of y'all. Are, are you ready? I mean, I'm asking you to do something very big. I want you to go like this. I, I, know it's, I know it's hard for you. We're going to do it one more time. I, it's really stressful. Okay? So let's try one more time. Okay, about half of you got it. All right, you did, I'm not talking about my hands. You missed it. Okay, never, never mind. Just forget it. I want you to, I want you to get this. We got to be happy people. Amen? Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, why don't you just pretend to be happy? See, we say we're born again. We say we got God in us. We're led by the Holy Ghost. We've, we've been set free. We're on our way to heaven. And, and yet our faces haven't changed. You won't convince me that you're born again unless there's a glow. There's something about a holy glow upon God's people. And don't tell me you glow on the inside. That is so unreal. Amen. I just, I'm just tired of it. Amen. And so, and, and you may not like what I have to say, but that's all right. You have to stand in line. Uh, because I'm trying to, to take this, the church of the living God, wherever I'm at, uh, to be a force to be dealt with. So far, the church in America has not been a force to be dealt with. We can't even make it to the polls, most of us. Uh, in, I'm talking about Christianity at large. And so what are we going to do this morning? If we're going to reach the lost, can you say reach the lost? Reach the lost. Okay, that's convincing. Um, it just kind of blew my mind there just a minute. Because uh, I, I, got, I got a heavy load this morning, amen? I, I, I feel like I'm a Volkswagen hooked up to a semi uh, and, and going to try to pull this thing. Uh, because, see, if we can't do differently, we're not going to do it. And Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Okay, got it? I want you to get this picture. He says, after doing all. Can you say that? He said at the right hand of the Father. Okay, this must be a brand new scriptures. Uh, now, if he's done all, then who's supposed to be doing? We are. But you know what I hear the church doing? Oh, God, heal them. Oh, God, do this. And Jesus sitting there saying, really? I'm here. In fact, another scripture says, it is beneficial that I go. See, he done went. Amen? Now, since he done went, and he said, it's beneficial that I go so I can send the... All brand new this morning. I feel, I feel like a scholar this morning bringing all this deep revelation. He said, I must send the Holy Ghost. Because, see, when, if, he, if, if he sends the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, then all of us become like little Christ. That's what, what the word Christian means. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, you're supposed to look like Jesus. Wow, that's, that'll sell. Anyway, <laughs> see, we got, we got to make church. This is where we practice how to smile. This is where we practice how to love one another. This is how we practice. This, this is a place of practice so when we go out there, it's, it, we can learn how to smile and be happy. We're not grumpy. Amen. When women push their carts in front of you at Walmart, you can rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. 
The most disturbing thing I do, I can never do is go to the saving place, Walmart. Because people are just plain down rude. Amen? Have you ever seen that? Especially around Christmas time. You know, people push their carts. I'm 6'4", and they push their carts. Front. So you wouldn't do this in the real world. Amen? But I, I want you to, to get a hold of this. Because can, uh, you need to know your God's best. That he, he designed you and made you. I wish I had time to go through with that. Because I, I think we, we need it here. To know who you are in God. Because see, you're his best. And he sent you. Can you say me? me. He sent you into a lost and dying world to make a difference. You have no choice but to make a difference if you're born again. Now if you're not born again, you can just relax. Amen. When I'm talking here, you can just sit back and say, boy, hope he go get them Christians. Because, there's, because I see so many people, they've said a prayer, but they ain't changed. Yeah. I mean, just because you're here don't make you faithful, Amen. which means full of faith. It just means you're here. Amen? Amen? I'm glad you're here, but I want you to make a difference on the face of this earth. Because when we go to heaven, we're going to have to give an account. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. We're going to stand before a, a throne and give an account. Because, see, God's got plans for you. Plans of good. God bless you. I'm glad we got the pastor and his wife here. Amen. <laughs> I bet they read their Bible now and then. Huh? Plans of good and not did you know God's got, before the foundations of the earth, Romans chapter 8, verse 29, look it up later, buy the tape, $29. Uh, but as you look at Scripture, I want you to grab a hold of this thing because He designed you not just to float around and be a sinner that suddenly jumps up and gets saved and you die the same way you left, and all of a sudden you find yourself in heaven. He's got plans for you. Great plans. Can you say great plans? You're here to make a difference. Not just to be a bump on a dill pickle. No. I want you to begin to see this thing. Amen? Amen. There's greatness in you. Yes. Now, if I had time, I'd lay this scripture out for you. It's just all through the Bible. But most of us say, oh, I'm, just, I'm just a worthless person. And I'm thinking, oh, wow. You need Jesus. Yeah. I, I mean that. I, I believe a lot of folks who come to church aren't converted. They, they, got, they got religion. Amen? And religion is something you kind of put on, and then when you hit the door, you, you take it off. Amen? I mean, what I want you to do is begin to see the call of God that's on your life to make a difference. I believe this. Every lost person on the face of this earth, God's got plans for. If you're here today, I don't know you, and that could be a good thing for you. But, see, if, if I don't know you, there's somebody that does, and his name is actually God the Father. You, I, I was going to say, but, but you'd say Jesus. But see, Jesus came to do the will of the Father. Amen? The final destination is not Jesus. It's the Father. Awesome! And this Father sent his Son to break the chains, to redeem you, to release you, to all the plans that God the Father has for you. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Yes. There's people that need to be healed by... Me. Thank you. Who's me? me? How many of you have a name? Okay, one, two, about six of you. 
I don't know. I wouldn't like your mom and dad just give you, get you birth and not call you something. Amen? My mom and dad called me a lot of things, but I can't say them in church at this particular moment. <laughs> but all of you here have a name. What's your name? Okay, I'm going to try one. We're going to stay here all day trying to get you to say your name, but don't bother me. If I say they learned their name at church, we've come a long way. What's your name? Okay, we're getting there. I want you to begin to see your name is important. Can you say I'm important? Say the kingdom of God can't go without me. Oh, the cat dropped down. Some of you saying, I don't know if I believe that. Well, just read your Bible. Because, see, in the Bible, you're in the Bible all the way through. Because it's another place that just as I, uh, just as I was sent, so I send. You. Who's you? Sure. About three of you got it. <laughs> see, most of Christendom think all they got to do is say some magic words and then sit down. That just opens up a big curtain of what God has for you. See, who, how many of you recognize that the job that you, get, you, you got was because of God. How many of you would recognize that? Oh, about seven of you. Okay. Anyway, uh, how many of you would recognize that the house that you're living in, God put you there? Okay, more than knew that God gave you a job. Now, how many of you know that the children and the, and the wife that you got was planned by God? Okay, a few more. We, we got more than knew that they had a job or a house. Now, See, we're so used to downgrading ourselves, putting ourselves down. Listen to how people talk, you know. They run themselves down. Isn't that what's true? I'm just a dummy. Who told you you was a dummy? That's right. That's exactly right. God bless you. Some, give him a dollar, would you please? Now, <laughs> now, I want you to begin to see this thing. See, we got to start here. But see, before we reach sharing Jesus, I'm not even sure Jesus did anything for you. So I was raised Roman Catholic. Running after a, a Mennonite girl. She's beautiful. Had nothing to do with Jesus. It was lust. That's what got me in church, lust. Amen? God will use anything. <laughs> When's the last time you heard that? So I was full of lust running after this beautiful Mennonite girl. Glory to God. So I'm a Catholic running after a Mennonite girl, and she was in a quartet. And so I went to a Baptist church to revival me, and they didn't know what to write. didn't even care. I just wanted to snuggle up. You, some of you don't even know. Some of you men are trying not to smile, but you know your heart's there. Anyway. This guy comes out, he had a handkerchief in his hand, and I'm used to a Latin mass at that time, going to masses at church service for Catholic folk. And he, he had a handkerchief, and I thought, well, he'd poor old boy, he's got a cold. All of a sudden, man, he starts, he starts getting on it like, like, a, like a coon hound, got a, got a coon treat, and he started barking, and he was yelling, and it didn't look like he was happy at all. And uh, before long, I, I was just sitting there, and, you know, she'd already sang, you know, and you know how Protestants do things. And uh, before long, he was just yelling. I felt like he was yelling to me. I remember taking my hand ar from around her and leaning forward. And in the middle, I see, I didn't know that the end was the altar call. 
And I just remember him saying something about if you're here and you, and, and you know you're not right with God, you need to respond. I stood right up. And he said, sit down. See, the church has been rejecting me my whole life. <laughs> so later on, I waited till the end, and, and I just remember giving my heart. Or it's not a real good term. We say give her heart. That's not even a Bible term. You believe in your heart. You turn your decisions over to him. Make Jesus Lord, you see. Is that okay if I quote Bible? I, it won't offend too many. But we, <laughs> So because, see, we do, we do some dumb stuff, and I'm waiting for teachers to argue with people, but we've heard, give your heart to Christ, and I'm thinking, he's probably not so much concerned about your heart, but he is your mind. Because, see, our minds tell us so much. And I want to try to help you out with your mind. Did you know you were created in Genesis chapter 1, verse 20, uh, uh, 25, 26, 27? That you were actually made in the image of God. Did you know that? God bless you, Sister Alamay. Isn't that wonderful? I got three people that knew they were made in the image of God. See, when you begin to see you were made in the image of God, then it says, and in the image of God you were made. You're awesome. You're made to look like Jesus. Amen? To look like God. Body, soul, and spirit. You're designed is that way. See, we got something to take to the world. We've got something. Your whole design. Even lost people. They're actually. See God is sending you out. To reach his lost kids. And you know what the church is still saying. I'm too busy for that. Now how would you. How would you feel. I, this happened in a true story. Then I will go on. How would you feel if you were in a mall. Because Christmas time's coming. Hey, man, we're going to spend money we don't have like usual. And, and they were in this big mall, and this, again, this is a true story. And woman went in shopping, looked around, her daughter's gone. Place is packed as a hog house during feeding time. And, and uh, I, I just remember this so clearly that they called security and said, will you help us? And they said, ma'am. I said, there, he said, there's thousands of people. We'll do the best we can. We can't guarantee nothing. That's awesome news. Amen. I've lost my child. So ran around saying, will you help me? Will you help me find my child? And many people li listened to her and just kept walking. Security did a little bit of it. How would you feel toward people wouldn't go after your daughter? Well, the good news is they found her daughter. Amen? <laughs> and was so excited. That's your job, is to go after the father's kids. That's your job. Your number one, number one job yep. is to go after people. Maybe they've heard, but they haven't heard it out of you with your smile, with your passion. This world, there's people. Can I, I'm going to say this. There's people. That God has designed that you reach. And if you don't reach them, they'll probably go to hell. So many of us might as well greet people like this. Hello. <laughs> Just go to hell. <laughs> and you go to hell too. 
Isn't this wonderful? And while you're at it, you can go to hell because I'm not going to say nothing. Amen. I can't wait to go to church and pretend I'm all sold out for God and throw my dollar two ninety-eight in the and I'll feel good about myself. Amen. Is that okay? See, I want you to begin to see this is powerful. That God has designed you. Now, if you think you're a Bible spot, instead of eating, I'll sit down and open up the Bible with you. I would love it to have someone disagree with me. Amen? Why? Because this is so awesome to me that if we could get, see, if we could get half this church. I used to think if I preach the gospel, the whole church is going to respond. Wrong. If I can get half, half of a church is a major revival. To go after one. Can you say one? one. 98% of all Christians in America will never lead one person to Christ their whole entire life. And they'll tell me, and they'll tell me they're living for God. Please don't do that. It gives me a headache. I get upset stomach and I get cranky. And then they tell me they got filled with the Holy Ghost. What? I mean, we think getting filled with the Holy Ghost is like taking a shot of booze. Getting filled with the Holy Ghost is the power to do what you could not do. Amen? So if you're here and you've been, how many of you have been filled with the Holy Ghost? Ooh, look at that. More than had a name. Now, so if they're filled with the Holy Ghost... You are now empowered to do what normal people cannot do. Amen? Because you say, I got the power. Okay, went up a little bit. All right. I'm already starting to sweat and I hadn't even worked yet. Now, so I'm almost going to go ahead and turn this because, see, and I know I sound a little offensive, but there there was such a heaviness in this room. It wasn't, it wasn't, there was heaviness here. I mean, we was working the praise band. You know, they're the first ones that feel it. And when there's such a... Mike was up here trying to pull you out. Amen. And all I heard was... (laughs) Pretty soon they'll have that in Michigan. I remember there was a guy... I was on my way to church. There was a guy stuck. And my wife said, you better pull over and help him. And and so I I, I listened to my wife. Normally I'd go around past him. Uh, But uh, I pulled up and... I had my little Silverado, a diesel, had my chains with me, but walked up there and, uh, can I help you? He had just gotten here. He looked at me and said, no, I'm doing fine. Turned around, went back, got my car, and I left. My wife says, aren't you going to help him? He's doing just fine. He enjoys being stuck. (laughs) There's people right here that... I'm going somewhere. I watched the gas gauge move. <laughs> All right, never mind. People share. See, if we, we, we got to have something to share. What have you got to share? Jesus. That's right. And what Jesus did for you. What did Jesus do for you? I don't know. I'm just a nobody. That'll sell? Will that sell? And so young people look at the church 
And they watch us. They, they watch us, not just here, but they watch us out there in our homes, our children. We're losing our children. When they grow up, this is Bible Belt. When they grow up, I, I don't want to live like that. Why wouldn't we? It's the greatest life in the world. Amen? And if you live a certain way, you know what will happen? People will begin to come to you. I, I got to share this, and, I, I, and then I'll go on. In our area, I'm known as uh, uh, Glenn. My mama called me that. But we, we set people free. People have been on drugs, and they're on all kinds of stuff. They've been in pornography, or they've been, uh, some of them totally demonized. We, we have actually have people who get into airplanes Fly, fly from Florida to Detroit, rent a car, come to this church, a little church. And, and one lady, not too long ago, was in the parking lot. And as soon as I came in, she followed me. She said, just, are you Glenn Middleton? I said, yes, I am. She said, just a moment. She says, I have a devil, but I need to be set free. But I'm, let me go turn my car. I said, girl, it won't take that long. Keep your car running. Within five minutes, she was totally set free. Amen. And we sent her. Now, why is it that someone's got to fly from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, to Detroit to get rent a car to come to me, have to pass over thousands of churches? Because some of the things we used to do, we don't do. Yeah. It used to be these signs will follow them. Amen. How many of you are some of the thems? Yeah, the thems. These signs will follow them. They will cast out devils. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You see, they will preach the good news of the gospel of God. Amen? So we can get you on to them to be one of them. See, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. That's what you are. Try. I'm one of them. Okay. That's... That's what we want you to be. So where do you practice? 80% of the folks here are demonized. So what you do is you can practice right here. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, how can a spirit of heaviness be here if we brought it in? I was into this building not too long ago. It was awesome. Amen. Then we come in with, with worries. We come in with downtroddenness. We come in, maybe not sleep. Maybe you're thinking about your children. Maybe you're thinking about your paycheck. Maybe you're thinking about your job. And all this worry and concern comes in. And we, we want to we take you to another place in God. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Got it? That's what you're here for. Okay. Give me another one. Well, what we're going to do is talk about this. God wants you to be, uh, and me, who's you? Okay, exciting. And uh, let's try one. Who's you? Jesus. One more time. Who's you? Jesus. So I want you to know you're in the Bible. Whenever you see you or me or us, uh, put your name there. Glenn, uh, the young one, is all through the Bible. I got Glenn in my Bible. Amen. If you want to put Glenn in your Bible, that's fine. But God wants you to be successful with your life. Let me ask you a question. According to the Word of God, would you see yourself being successful? Yes. <laughs> see, my job is to help you be successful. Amen? Amen. In this life. 
And how long do we have to do it? I got good news for you. Your whole life. How do I know when you're supposed to work for God? Because you're sucking air. If you're still sucking in air, good news. God has you employed. Amen. When did Moses start his job? 80 years old. Do we have anybody over 80? I didn't say act like 80. You're, you're over 80. Okay. And he, di he died when? 120 years. Yeah. You're not there yet. Not yet. So you're ain't, you, you, you're, you, you can't retire. You can refire, but you can't retire. Turn to God. Amen? Amen? Are you with me? Yeah. So it ain't like, I, I did my job. Really? Don't, don't do that to me. It just kind of blows me away when people think they've done it. Amen? But when I want to release you have the most exciting life that you can have. I, by the way, I'm 64 years old. I love Jesus. I've been going strong for 46 years. Amen? Amen. I haven't got time to die. I told the Lord, I ain't got time to die. I got too much to do. Now, I've been married for uh, 45 years to the same woman. Amen? Got four kids, 18 grandchildren, one more on the way. That'll make 19. That says, we have to go one more. I don't like odd numbers. Odd numbers aren't good. Amen? <laughs> but I want you to see uh, uh, what, a, what a, hopefully I demonstrate life to you. A life that's just more than mundane. More than just, oh, I'm just a nobody. You're a somebody. Because you were created in the... Turn to the person and say, I, 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 I am somebody. Mm -mm. I'd have to do that all day long to get through. But uh, give me the next one. Okay. I'm going to define successful sharing. Uh, uh, successful sharing is you got to share. Okay. Trying to take money up at Walmart during Christmas is not successful sharing. You know, come on, ring those bells, light the Christian. That, that ain't sex, successful sharing. Sh sharing successfully is sharing Jesus and sharing what Jesus did for you. Amen? Amen. And, and you're excited about that, aren't you? Okay. Um, <laughs> number two, successful sharing is sharing Jesus in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. So now we know we're filled, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, forget it. Um, Successful sharing is now leaving the results to God. Amen? So when you share, now listen, most Christians just leave the results. <laughs> Jesus, save Kirksville. <laughs> he said, really? You're kidding me. After doing all, he's sitting at the right hand of the, who's going to save Kirksville? Who's we? Sherry. Oh, this just goes down and down and down. <laughs> you are. Can you say me? Me. Your job is to, is to how are we going to save Kirksville? Let me try to get this down here. Share Jesus. Share Jesus by one person at a time. Yeah. Amen. Every person I'm in front of, they're going to get a little something. Amen. And you can start out really easy. Most people who in, in the world are, are demonized. So you can start off by casting out devils. Yes. <laughs> See, that is so foreign to you, isn't it? But it, it, I, oh, I was going to tell you, in, in the street, I, I'm just known. 
So it is not unusual. There's a song. It's not unusual. Anyway, that, that would, uh, people come to my door just, just not too long ago. I wish my wife would be here. She, uh, she's awesome. Uh, she's a teacher type person. But um, she could, doorbell rang. I was down in my office. My wife answered the door. And the, this guy says, uh, he, he said, hello. He says, I have a devil. Just a moment. Step on in, please. My, my office is, as Sherry knows, she's been there down in the basement. Glenn, here's another one. <laughs> you want to just have a seat. He'll be with you in just a moment. I'll come upstairs and we'll just cast the devils out. Amen? Amen. <laughs> See, if you're known as a person who can set people free, people will come to you. Yeah. How's that working for you? How's that working for you? Because there's so many people bound. And there where the church is filled with God. Amen? With smiles. Sometimes. Okay, give me another one. Are you with me? Okay. Now, uh, in the Bible, in in, uh, Isaiah chapter 52, it says, How blessed are the feet who bring... Good news. Boy, I'm getting a lot of brand new scriptures for you. Amen? Now, I want you to begin to see who, how blessed are the feet of those who bring good. That means you are happy, prosperous, overrunning when you present the good news. Amen? Amen. How you doing with that? Presenting the good news to your neighbor. Presenting the good news to, to people that's uh, uh, your, your relatives, the people you work with. Awesome. Amen. Now, you must live a consistent life, minister to people, and invite them to church. Okay, great. Everybody does that here, right? Okay, not very good. Now, uh, and these things are important, and uh, unbelievers will not experience forgiveness of Christ until someone shares the life-changing message. How many of you were born again? Can I raise your hands? I mean, serious. If you, you're born again, raise your hand, okay? Big altar call coming. Now, because this life-changing message, see, you can't stay depressed when you got Jesus. You can't. When, you, when somebody tells you how important you are, and you, somebody helps you with the scriptures, and see how you fit into this awesome plan, that you're God's best, you're on the A-team. That's who you are. You're on the A-team. He's filled you with his spirit. You're dynamite. You may do any number of good things, even things that are necessary, building up relationship, witnessing, but you've not really witnessed until you've shared Jesus. Can you say Jesus? Jesus. See, God don't cut it. it. What I mean is, Listen, very carefully. God don't cut it because, you know, you notice some of our, we have a president now, you like him or not, he's now used the name of Jesus more than any other president in history. Amen. We've had some in there that would talk about God. Well, we didn't know that was Mohammed, didn't know who in the world that was, that God. But when you use the name of Jesus, it begins to break. The name of Jesus. Demons begin to shake just a little bit. See, we don't even understand what even goes on around us. When I'm in church, how have you noticed when I, when I was over there, what was I doing? Looking around. Looking around. Why am I looking around? 
I'm looking for devils. I'm looking to see what's going on. Because I've seen a lot of people that when the name of Jesus is mentioned, there's a little shake or a quabble or the head goes down. You see, Jesus. He's the name above. Oh, you got that one. Hey, I'm getting proud of you. Give me the next one. Sharing Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fills the life of a person that's yielded to Him. See, we got this awesome life that, that God wants to use you. Can you look to the person and say, God wants to use you. See, the problem is, will you be used of God? Will you be used of God? Because God doesn't care about your life. He don't care what you're doing. Amen? Because Jesus now is, is Lord. It, that's found in Romans chapter 10, verse uh, 9 and 10. Make Jesus Lord. So now, God will bring somebody to you. You could be at the saving place. Uh, and uh, there, you're there because you have great va value. Okay, forget it. Now, <clears throat> you can trust the Holy Spirit to do His work in drawing every unbeliever to Christ. But see, you have to do your part by you living this life that's awesome. I don't know how long you've been saved, but I still remember. Uh, brother, uh, brother Glenn was talking about, the, the old Glenn, he's talking about uh, what... What he can still remember, amen? I mean, at his age, you know, that's, that's really a feat. But I'm here to tell you, I, I can actually remember. It's a little easier, but I can remember uh, who I was and what I was doing. I made an A in religion class. I went to church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They gave me Saturday off, and then Sunday, I was in church again and never knew Jesus. Got an A in religion Got beat up by nuns, <laughs> slapped by priests, but never knew Jesus. Yeah. I want you to know this awesome Jesus yeah. that will change your life. And he will infect your family. That's the Jesus I want you to get. Not, not, not the Jesus, oh, I've got to go to church and i got to read. See, I just love reading about me in the Bible. <laughs> Amen. All the great things I'm going to do. Because God's in me. Greater is he. Oh. Then. You got a great God in you? Uh-huh. Well, won't you let him out? Come on, let him out. He's in there saying, let me out. Let me out. There's one of them kids. Let me out. Let me out. Shut up. Be quiet. He uses the presentation of the gospel. Can you say presentation? presentation. Have you ever noticed? I, I, I'm not being critical. Have you ever noticed a used car a person? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not being critical. She's one of them. <laughs> you take a car, you walk out there, what's the first thing they want to know? What your first name is. How, what's your name? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, we're glad to have you here. I can almost taste that billful. I want you to begin to see what happens. It's the presentation. They act like they're excited about you, but it's actually the money that you're carrying. Are you with me? It's the presentation. And all of a sudden, they went from, your name is Glenn Middleton. Now it's, well, Glenn, let me show you something here. First name basis now. As quick as they can, first name. Amen? What would you like? What's the price? And they're always, 
Well, I want something between three and five. Now they're going to show you something 7,000. Just, just saying. It's the presentation. Now, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, turn to it. I was going to quote it, but I'm, I'm not going to take, I've been left alone here on too many scriptures. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And, it, and it's actually an awesome scripture. Amen? Are you ready? For, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power of God unto salvation. The moment you start to call upon the name of Jesus, angels stand to attention. Demons back up. Woo! It's an awesome thing. Amen? Now, and it says, it says, the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Wow. So in you is the power of God to lead someone to Jesus. Amen? Is that what that said? Yeah. You're looking at me like you're not quite sure. It's in your Bible. Just read it. It's on page uh, uh, 1614, New America Standard, because I'm an American. Now, turn, give me the next one here. Now, leaving the results to God. But see, the, the first part is the most important. Many of us are, are leaving the results to God and haven't done anything. Remember, 98% of all born-again Christians will never lead one person their whole entire life. It used to be 97, but boy, numbers change, don't they? I won't have you raise your hand. When was the last time you led someone to Christ? It's the greatest thrill in the world to see lights come on. I could tell you about people in Sturgis. That one woman was totally demonized. Voices coming out. We cast out them devils. Her and her husband had been separated for two years. They're now living in the same household. They come to church that's smiling like a jaybird. Glory to God. My daddy used to say, have a smile on your face like a wave on a slop bucket. When was the last time you were just plain down happy? Okay, they have things for that. You Over the counter, in the street. Now. If you sow the seed, you can trust God to continue the work in the person's life using your witness. They'll remember. See, what the words that you say, because they're power and they're spiritual, God locks them into your, uh, locks them right into their mind. And they're rehearsing it. They're rehearsing the, the words that you say. Because words have power. Just like people have been told by their, oh, you'll never be nothing. And they, moms and dads say that, trying to encourage them to, 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 you, to be the best you can be. Is that okay to say it that way? And, and it, it doesn't work because it always rings, I'm a nobody. And God says, no, listen to me. You're awesome. I got plans for you. Wake up a little Susie, wake up. He, see, God is wanting you to be that awesome person that he had in his mind. Before the foundations of the earth. We better go to Romans 8, 29. I can see. Are you there? Romans 8. I'm trying to give you so much all at once. Uh, I'm just almost wearing out. Verse 20, uh, 29. For whom he foreknew. Who's whom? Me. God bless. We got a couple of you. God bless you, brother. Sister, give him a five. He's doing real well. For whom he foreknew, he also Predest. What does predestined mean? 
before time. Woo! See, Glenn Campbell had that. No, it wasn't Glenn Campbell. It was uh, John De uh, Denver. John Denver, he wrote this, Ever Gentle on My Mind. Uh, Dave, Ca I mean, uh, the Campbell picked it up later on, made millions off of it. But listen, because you were ever gentle on God's mind. Before he built the earth, he thought of you. Whew. Turn to the person next, next to you and say, I see awesomeness all over you. Amen. See, even, even if you don't, if you're here today and you don't have Jesus, let me help you out. God's saying, come on, get on with this. Because of this great life that he's got for you. I'm going to say something you might not like. Jesus is not concerned about your sin. <gasps> oh, my goodness. He said it. He said it. Yeah, I did. Jesus Christ, according to my Bible, it's American Bible, <laughs> said that he paid for every sin at the cross of Calvary. Is that true? Yes. Every sin you'll ever commit? Every sin they'll ever commit. Jesus is not worried about the sin. It's already been paid for. Teleos. It means paid in full. But to get people to see all you have to do, it's, it's a huge thing, is to turn the steering wheel of your life over to God. And they're saying, but that's scary. And they look at us and see how happy we are. Yeah. Amen? They look at us and look at our marriages. Then they're wondering, why would we change? See, I'm trying to draw you up to something. I'm trying to draw you up to a God level and a God thinking about you. He's got great plans for you. If you can grab it, your life will never be the same. Sister, one time when I was in Africa, they introduced me to a king, and the Lord told me something. He said that, you can do this. I said, oh, man. He said, King, I, I, I can't do, you, we, you can't, I can't lead a king to Christ. Right? Had a pastor come up at that time. He said, Glenn, I know you like to lead people to Jesus, but you better, you're going to get us killed here. <laughs> I love pastors like that. Amen. Shut up. Don't preach the gospel here. And you know what happened? I gave him a gift and he ran out and he came back. He said, I never had a white man give me a gift without taking something from me. And I said, I got a better gift than that. And then I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I talked to him about Jesus and he came off his throne, took his hat off. And he accepted Jesus as Lord of his life. Today he's still born again. Opened up the whole kingdom to preachers to come into. And who did it? An old hillbilly from Henderson, Kentucky. That's where I was born, Henderson, Kentucky. Glory to God. I just got a hold that there's greatness in me. Amen? And I want you to grab a hold there's greatness in you. Amen? Got it? Hope you got it. I want, you, I want you to leave here smiling. Amen? Amen? I want you to leave here saying, I'm big stuff in heaven. Amen? I mean, 
I know that the devils know who I am, but I'm awful excited when the I almost sense angels cheering me on because see, I think at one time they're going to have to lay off the angels because it says all the angels, the choir in heaven, their, their job is to sing when somebody gets saved. Amen. That's found in Luke 15. Just go look it up. Verse 7 or verse 10. All the angels in heaven. And so when you gave your heart, uh, when you gave your life, when you turned him Lord of your life over, you know what happened? Angels shouted your name. Glory to God. Amen. I hope there's an Amway system going on with God. <laughs> Amen. Because I've gathered a few points. Now, are you with me? I want you to see this thing. For whom he, God, he says that for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed into the very image of his son. Because the Bible says in Galatians, uh, the, in Galatians uh, chapter 3, that, that you were adopted. Glenn mentioned about us being adopted. Now you are a son of God. Then in, in John chapter 1, verse 16, it says this, and you, I'm going to turn to it. Some of you looking at me like I'm going to lie here because I want you to get the word. In, in uh, John, the gospel of John chapter 1, verse 16, for of Jesus' fullness, Glenn has received grace upon grace. Or how it really says this, for of his fullness, we have all received of his fullness. Brother, do you realize you contain the fullness of God? Amen. According to Scripture. And yet I hear Christians say, Oh, God, give me more. He's saying, Got a V8 motor? Got a four-speed on the floor? Six carbs hanging out of the hood? And you're saying you want more? Shut that accelerator down. Push that baby and burn them off. There's no power on earth that can keep up with you because of Jesus' fullness. The very fullness that healed the sick, that raised the dead, is in you. Why didn't it operate? Because you don't know who you are yet. When you begin to know who you are, you're awesome. You might want to say that just real quiet. I'm so awesome. <laughs> Amen? Next time I was in front of a king, I said, oh, man, you sent the right person here. I'm shooting 100%, and I'd only shot one bullet. <laughs> Since then, I've led over 150 kings to Christ. I want you to see there's greatness in you. And I say that not to brag on me, but about the hymn that's in me. Enemy. Amen. What's into you? Amen. There's greatness. And if the devil can keep lying to you, your life will be not meaningful at all. Except you go to church. And can get all beat up. But when you start to see who you are... Once I played football, I mentioned, I mentioned this a lot. I wasn't the greatest player in the world. I was not like Doug Cragbaum or nothing. But I found out something. Availability means a lot. I might have been a second-rate player, but when I was not on the field, I walked by the coach. 
Wherever the coach walked, I was there. And I said, I can, I can do that. I can do that. Worst thing's going to happen, coach. I'm going to get 15 yards. But he won't get back up. <laughs> Put me in. I'm your man. Put me in. I can do this thing. When was the last time you said, God, put me in? Put me in. Greater is he. Greater is he. Come on, I got this thing. Okay. Let me tell you a story. That's what old people do. Not Glenn told me that. Many years ago, see, God can even use your mistakes so I want you, I'm trying to get you over this mistake thing. Is that okay? Yeah. I was, I was minding my own business. I was making sure this pastor who had came and visited uh, in Sturgis made sure he was okay. And he got, took the right road to get out of town. That's for GPS and things like that. And <clears throat> this guy pulls up. He's in the wrong lane now. And this girl comes over in a little bitty short dress and high heels. And she taps on it. seen him tapping. I'm, I'm right behind him thinking how he's in the wrong lane and he's talking to the wrong person. And I'm thinking. And so all of a sudden there was some communication going on. He pulls out and goes down. This woman, I seen her run across. You know, ran across the, uh, the road there and she, she's right over there. He pulls up and gets out. And this, this prostitute, she runs up and starts talking to him. I pull up behind, the, pull up behind him. I get out and... She looks at me, and I look at her, and I look at the preacher, and he said, Glenn, get her. She's a prostitute. <laughs> you know, I'm a football player. Hello. <laughs> so I started coming toward her like this, and, and, and here she had just like a little napkin called a skirt, and, and all of a sudden she starts walking the other way, and, and, and I start walking a little faster, and before long she's at a trot, and I have to run a trot, and before long she's full-blown running across the, the pavement in, in, in a parking lot, and I'm, I'm running full blast trying to catch this little prostitute in a miniskirt on high heels, and I felt she's going to get away without even thinking. I jump. I'm jumping now. She's not going to get away. Not on my watch. And I jump. My coach would have been so proud of me. Right around them legs of hers. Bam! She's hit the pavement, bounced a couple times. She was not going to get away. Amen? I remember I flip her over and she's talking in tongues. You know, cursing at me and whatnot. And I, I reached in my back pocket and gave her a card and invited her to church. She got up and she said, what is wrong with you? And I said, well, I, I don't know. I, now I've seen that I done tackle the prostitute and I'm looking around for a reporter because I've, I've been in the paper before. Uh, and I knew I had to get home very quickly before somebody called and said, I've seen your husband tackling a prostitute. <laughs> so I talked to her and she said the same thing. What were you thinking? I wasn't. That wasn't a good thing, was it? Three weeks later, we're at the church and on a Sunday morning, one of my deacons come up and she said, he says this. I love it. He says, Peggy, the prostitute, is coming in. And I thought, how did you know her name was Peggy? <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> of course, he's a deacon, <laughs> you know, a sneaking deacon. And so he took me to the front door, and there she was. 
She's had a white hat on, and she said, I bet you never thought you'd see me here. I said, I, I did not. She still had a couple scratches, <laughs> full length of her arm. And I, I just said, it's so excited to be here, have you here. And I put my arm out, and I took her in the front row, preached the hell is hot, sin ain't right. Peggy stood up and gave her heart to Christ that day. But because of Peggy's lifestyle, she, she died. About a year later, she had AIDS. I had the great joy doing her funeral. You know the friends she had were prostitutes, pimps, drug dealers. And the front row was her dad and her little daughter. I remember I preached. I took her dad's casket and I pushed it aside and I said, I'm not worried about Peggy. I'm worried about you. I gave an altar call. And the first person to respond to that altar call was Peggy's daughter. Got up, came down. Peggy's daddy. Then it just an outpour. Prostitutes, drug dealers, pimps were giving their heart to Christ. See, God used my mistake Listen, I'm not saying that I want you to leave here and have a ministry in tackling prostitutes. <laughs> but God can take your mistakes. But He'll take a person that's willing to make a mistake. And He'll take you to greatness. And you'll fulfill your call. Number one call you've been given. Number one ministry you've been given is the ministry of reconciliation, number one. Your first call, ministry of reconciling people to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? I get an awesome, then I see these people come up. We, we've had homosexuals come in. I wish I could tell you his name. I, but he came in and just got out of jail. He had molested five boys, went to jail. He came into the church on a Sunday morning and said, can I come to your church? I said, well, sure. He said, well, I want to tell you, I, I just got out of jail. I'm on the list. I'll be on the list my whole life. Can I come? I says, you can come. We'll have to set, we have to cast that spirit out of you, that homosexual spirit. And so we cast that spirit out today. To make a long story short, I look out there. There he is with his wife, his daughter, and his grandchildren. Yes! We're making a difference. I want you to make a difference. Amen? Is that okay? I want you to see the marvelous you. And you might say, but you don't know me. And you don't know me. My mom was an alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic. Our brothers were alcoholics. But I've been born again. Had the great joy of leading my mom and dad, my brother, to Christ. Amen? A crazy Roman Catholic. And sometimes Pentecostal. Now, <clears throat> the life plus the words will make our witness. Our life of discouragement and defeat will destroy your witness. Yeah. I mean, just think of it. Well, my life, well, want to come to church I come to? Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> I'll try Russian roulette. I mean, whatever it is. I mean, you've got to see this thing. Amen? Because they're looking at you. They're looking at you. And they want to see the awesome you. 
I want to see the awesome new. I, I got to speed up. Is that okay? Are you feeling freedom? Even your mistakes, God says, no problem. I got you. Amen? So you use the wrong scripture. Teachers, you have to hold on to yourself here. If I use the wrong scripture, big deal. If they get saved. Amen? Because when I first started, I didn't know no better. I thought job was, was, you know, know, the book of job. Go get one. Now... I went, and, and then somebody had to take me, show me all kinds of ways. You know, I thought I could tell you all kinds of mistakes. I used to pull people out of cars and present the gospel to them. It didn't work real well. But I hand out a lot of flyers. Give me the next one. Go, give me the next part. Now listen, God has given every Christian experience with Christ to share. Everybody here has an experience. You've got your story. Listen, nobody can tell your story like you can. Nobody can tell my story like I can because it's real to me. It's real to me. I got just, in fact, I'm going to tell you something. I got more firepower today than I did when I first got saved. How about you? Because, see, I've learned how to be accurate. Amen. I want you to know how to be accurate. To know and to love people. I want you to love people like I love people. Believe it or not, I love people. I love the lost. I love, I love being with them. I, I like going to New Year's parties with the lost. I, you're going to think less of me time I'm all done. I started out with zero anyway, and I've been quickly losing. But, but I want you to begin to see this thing. If you're in a New Year's party with lost people, I mean, they're having a good time. Have you ever went to a church New Year's party? I'm thinking, really? Anyway, and, and so you're there with the lost people. And they're excited. And now, now, now when they get uh, a little more relaxed, <laughs> amen, you can talk to them. I love being around lost people. I want you to love being around lost people because you're the light. Yeah. Somewhere it says you're the light of the... It didn't say you was the light of the church. <laughs> yeah. the light of the world. You're the salt. You're the salt. Amen? That's who you are. You make a difference. I believe when I walk into a room, difference is here. Amen? Let me tell you a story. We, we, I went by this funeral home. I love funeral homes. Don't you love funeral homes? Amen? I mean, you got a whole bunch of... I, I went there, and, and uh, in fact, my wife was with me, and I said, I got to go home. That's a big funeral. She said, but Glenn, you don't know anybody there. That's exactly right. I ran home, got some church clothes on. Amen? I walked in the door. This woman grabs me. She said, would you like to see George? Yeah. <laughs> so she took me and showed me George. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking in my mind, yep, he's dead. <laughs> and uh, she said, well, how, how long have you known him? Not, not real long. <laughs> A couple minutes. <laughs> Hello? I'm just showing you the, the possibilities. I walked over. 
And there was a bunch of people standing in a circle talking about George. And I said, how are you guys doing? And, and they said, well, anyway, I said, you know what? Uh, the great thing we can have is Jesus. And they had all eyes on me. And before long, they were, they were saying, well, being in a room with a dead man kind of waking me up. I said, yeah. How, are you ready? to?" It was awesome. That day, 25 people gave, just literally made Jesus Lord. Amen? <laughs> Look what you can do. If someone like me can do that, what could you do? Amen? I put myself out there. What's the worst thing that could happen? Just say no. Is this the first time you've ever, you know, been told no? How about I don't like you? Has anybody ever heard that before? Okay, then this is all new. This is no big deal, amen? Because when you begin to see the awesomeness in you, you'll begin to see what God wants to do. Okay, let me, let me have another one. Okay, unbelievers are not the enemy. Hello? I love the lost. That's why I'm on the face of the earth. I've got a business would be everyone saved. Now, but they're not. Listen, each of us are on assignment from our Lord to reach unbelievers. How many of you? Uh, I got to watch. You don't, you don't do well with questions. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> we're not to condemn nor... Uh, intimidate or avoid them. I watch Christians around non-believers. It's like the plague. But you had the plague once, didn't you? Yeah. I walk around. I just, I, I just love it. Amen. We had a bikers rally near us. Awesome. All you got to do is talk about bikes. That makes it easy. What kind of bike you got? What kind of bike you got? Oh, I don't have one. Oh. Then I just go on and talk. <laughs> Believe it or not, they love when people are excited about Jesus. See, it's not Jesus they're worried about. It's Christians. I've actually seen people say, you know, because maybe somebody's lost, moved next door, and their kids go out. They'll take their little kids and say, oh, we don't come over here. Really? What world do you live in? They're all over the place. Embrace them. Invite them over to eat. Isn't that awesome? God has people move in your neighborhood because he knows you're there. Okay. Um, all kinds of behavior manifest in unbelievers. People act the way they act because that's the way they are. See, if you ain't happy, that's just who you. Anyway, uh, the, the lost ass law because they're. Lost. See, the way you act is who you are. We should not be intimidated by them. We must become uh, consciously alert and involved in seeking out people whom we can share Jesus. We live in an awesome time. Awesome time. Why? Because this is the time. Remember that scripture? Romans 8, 29. That before, thou, before the foundation of the earth, the Lord planned for you to be here. Listen. It is no shock to God that in 
2018, you're on the earth. He planned you to be on the earth now. He planned for you to be in Kirksville now to make a difference. That's his plan. Don't tell me you're not awesome when the king of glory makes all this arrangement to have you here. The problem is, it's not God's plan. It's for you to see it and now cooperate with God. Amen? Amen. And you can do... You can do so much. You can do so much. In your neighborhood. How many of you live in a house? Oh, 20 of you. Where are the other when you guys live? Just a thought. Let's say you live in a house, and so that means you've got... Neighbors. Thank you. God bless you. Living. And they, God brought them there because... Awesome? He says, I know these people need you. So I'm putting there, I'm bringing these people my best. You see, where's best? We just don't know it yet. Now, I'll give me the next one. So they're not the enemy. Witnessing is a natural. Can you say natural? natural. Now I hear all kinds of Christians, well, I'm an introvert. Could, first of all, can you show me that in the Bible? Who made you a psychologist or a sociologist? Hello? Most of you came spell introvert. I can't. Uh, somebody had me spell delicatessen. That's a 25 cent I've ever heard. You know, try to spell that word and get it right. Thank God for Google. Now, a natural expression is happiness. If you've got God in you, you'll be happy. If you've got God in you, come on. It's natural to talk about. If you had a brand new car, what would you, what, uh, what's your favorite car? Ford. Oh. Um, no, I just, I, <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> so you got Ford. God bless you. Uh, a Ford, Ford truck? Yep. Okay, Ford pickup truck. Do you like Lariat? It's, it's fully loaded. All leather. Okay, so we got, he, he's a Ford man. So if someone would give you a brand new Ford, maybe it's not a, what's your favorite Ford? XLT. XLT. Okay, Ford XLT, crew cab. Yeah. Oh, let's just say you get the works in the drawer. Of course, you just, when you bought this thing or you, someone give it to you, you just park in your daggum garage and close the door and say, well, we drive something else. And you'd never tell your neighbors about it, would you? Huh? You'd pull that baby out. <laughs> I had a 1969 Nova, white with, with uh, mint uh, blue interior. Whew. Every stop sign was a race to me. Amen? <laughs> Next stop sign. <laughs> I was telling everybody, Ooh, bad boy goes. What's ever important to us, we tell people about, don't we? Yeah. Amen? Amen? Don't we? Is Jesus important to you? See, he doesn't use, he does not use your insufficiency. He comes in and speaks to your spirit. Your spirit moves you. He's not bound by 
inferiority. He's not bound by your speech. He moves through your spirit. And you automatically overflow. Natural expression. Now watch it. In, in the Gospel of John. I love the Gospel of John. Have you ever noticed that? In the Gospel of John chapter 1, there was a young man. It says here that Andrew, uh, uh, Andrew did what anyone else would do. He found his brother Simon. Andrew. Her, this is the Christ. I can't believe it. And he ran and got his brother. I, I'm telling you, I got it. I got it. It happened several times. When was the last time you got so excited about Jesus you went and told somebody that wasn't a Christian? When was, when was the last time you got excited? <laughs> and didn't... Hello, hello. See, I'm telling you what, this the Christian life is exciting. To see lives. I had the great joy of teaching my kids how to hear from God. Of course, everybody does that with their grandkids probably. But I remember I took them in my room and, and I said, you know, God's in this room. Little David, he says, wow. He said, we, we better not be naughty. I said, no, don't be naughty. It's two people. One you can see, Grandpa, and this is my room. And this God's in this room. Amen? And they just all stood there like this. So you know what I did? I said, God's going to speak to you. God's going to speak to you. Would you like to hear God? And I, my room was filled. I got a bunch of grandkids. And they all said, yes, we want to hear from God. We want to hear the same God that speaks to you, Papa. I said, okay. I'm going, what we're going to do, you, here's what you got to do. You got to kind of put your hands out like this. And so they were, they were just all, was, I, you don't have to do that, but I thought I'd throw that in there. And, and so they, 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 all these grandkids like this. And I said, now he's going to speak to you. And when he speaks to you, I want you to put your hand up. And so I just said this. I says, God, do you love each one of these? And all of a sudden, David was the first one. Pow! And then Naya. Then Ezra. Then all the other names. There they were, all lifting their hands. They'd heard God said, now, David, what did God say? He says, he loves me. Awesome. Awesome. All my grandkids can hear God. When was the last time you heard God speak to you? Audibly. Wow. Not too long ago, one of my grandkids said, can we all go in your room again? No. But I want them. See, I'm, I'm giving something to God. Grandpas, when was the last time you dropped a load of Jesus on your kids or grandkids? It's a natural expression. See, I'm trying to tell you, you guys are awesome, but we got to turn them loose. Have you ever seen a dog that's been on a chain for a long time? He's got a path wore out. Maybe you don't know. And you unhook that dog. What does he do? Anybody know? 
he just kind of sits there, doesn't he? <laughs> he runs. And he runs around the house. He's crazy. That's what I see what's going to happen here in the spirit realm. Go get him. And people begin to see different about themselves. Give me the next one. A disciple is a learner and a follower of Jesus. Jesus died so, so the lost may know him. If we're learning of him and following him, that we will share the passion of Jesus for others, people who, uh, to know him. I want everybody in Kirksville to know about Jesus. Amen. And I want you, and more than me, God wants you to be a part of this. Don't ever again say, God do, because he'll say, I sent you. God, get these devils. No, I sent you. You speak to them. You know how I pray for the sick? I start speaking to the body. Body, come in line with the word of God. Be healed. Because this God that's in me now is coming through. And I believe it moves. I've never not spoke to a demon and not have it move, to be honest with you. I'm kind of used to it. Hello? How about you? See, these are things I want you. This, I tell you, this kingdom is awesome. Did you hear this man when he prayed? Nations are in his heart. He's hoping you have nations in your heart. But before you have nations, you've got to have people. I love fat ones and skinny ones. I love them with, with hair and without hair. I love them with wrinkles, without wrinkles. I love people. I like being around people. Amen? So did Jesus. Wow. And he had you on his mind. And he sent you. I, th- I think it's the Gospel of John. Chapter 20, verse 21, he says, As the Father has sent me, I send you. As the Father has sent me. How many of you know Jesus was sent? Okay, about four of you. A lot of revelation going out this morning. Amen? So now you're sent. Uh, Give me the next one. Oh, give me the next one. Y'all know those opportunities. Oh, I love this. I love this. Ezekiel, wonderful. You didn't need to read it. Amen? Because if you don't share, their blood's on your hands. Isn't this awesome? If God moves people into your neighborhood and you don't share, welcome to it's on your hands. Okay, go with the next one. Okay, uh, uh, give me the next one. I'm just trying to hurry now. Uh, We we all know this. Uh, Everyone, okay. Uh, next one. Awesome. Right there. I want you to begin to see something. As you share, you begin to warm the soil. In fact, I was talking to a farmer. you have any farmers here? Farmers, farmers? Okay. So this will be all foreign to you then if you're not a farmer. If you're a farmer, because I used to say, when do you guys plant the, uh, the seed? And the seed... A uh, guy says, well, it's too early to plant the seed. What? 
He said, no, you plant the seed when the sun warms the soil to 57 degrees. Then the seed can sprout. When the Son of God warms. Now, who does he use to warm people up with? That's right. It's like nuking. So, when, when you're hearing me, you're getting nuked. Isn't this awesome? I mean, you're hearing something. You said, oh, my gosh, he's got me. He's looking. I, well, I actually am. And, and uh, he knows where I'm at. And I do. And, and I want you to begin to see this thing. It's awesome. Amen? Isn't it? And so we warm people up, and you get, they get warmed up, warmed up, till they give their heart to Christ. The problem is back in the 60s and 70s, and even into the 80s, we had everybody out talking about Jesus, and suddenly, in the 90s and the 2000s, we're not talking anymore. Winning the loss is not a priority. We've got worship now. We've got awesome worship music. So now we turn our attention into worship. You know what I do when I'm in a service, as you've seen? I'm looking with eyes because I want to see who needs ministered to. How about you? That's my worship, setting people free, worship. Seeing people get saved, I'm worshiping. Encouraging you to go and win the lost. That's worship to me. Amen. You got it? So you can see a person travels by a path. Divine appointment, bam. Divine appointment, bam. Divine appointment. Usually it takes around seven to the person says, yes. So don't give up. That's why when you talk to someone, they're getting nuked. And the more confident you are, they might get a double nuke. Have you ever put something in a microwave and leave it too long? I mean, they really got nuked. Amen? Woo! So you, through the power that's in you, people are never left the same. Never left the same when they speak. Okay, give me the next one. Okay. I want you to turn uh, in, in your Bibles, uh, I think it's Matthew 4, uh, and, then, and then I might have to, uh, oh, I will, Matthew chapter 4, wow, verse 19. Now, I want you to get a hold of this, because it's, it's awesome, amen? Because this, this means so much to me. We used to teach this in Sunday school, but now we don't have Sunday school. <laughs> Just, just a thought. Amen? But here's what it says. Are you ready? Here it is. And he said, Jesus said to them, it, it's in red. That red is a, something you might remember because Jesus said it. If you didn't know. Now, follow me. That's exactly right. He's reading right with me. God bless you. And I will make Sherry. See, who's you? Okay. said, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Is that what your Bible says? Some of you look, you don't know. Does, I mean, see, this stuff matters to me. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, let me ask you a question. If I was to go and ask any one of you, are you following Jesus? 
all of you would say? Yes. Try one more time. Yes. Okay, isn't this awesome? But are you fishing? Yes. If you ain't fishing, you ain't following. Wow. Can you hear that? You can almost hear the, the fans turning. The Bible says this, if you follow me, I'll make you, I'll put such a passion in you that you can't keep it in. You've got to tell somebody. If you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. could take you scripture after scripture after scripture. And to get people in church, we lower our standards. So now we don't have to do nothing. How many of you are, 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 are married? Anybody here? Okay. Before you were married, you did what to, to, with this person? It's been a long time, hasn't it? You have to think about it. Uh, a long time ago, when you were dating, how many of you dated the person you, before you married him? Okay. Four of you. Cheap <laughs> me crowds. <laughs> I get sweat pouring out of my head. How in the world did you get married? Just win the lotto. Okay, so you, you dated this person, right? Maybe you didn't. But I dated my wife. I better just focus on me. And those were awesome years. And I wanted to be with her. So when she, we were walking in the school hall, you know what I actually did? I would hold her, pastor's wife again. Come on, can, can we just get? Did you did you hold this woman's hand before you got married? Yes or no? Yes. All right. Did you enjoy it? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Had to get all stern about it. <laughs> you didn't care if the whole world knew. I had I was FFA, and. I have size 13 ring. My wife has size 6. But she would wear my FFA ring. And she took yarn. Is this foreign to some of you? Huh? No? You, they wrap, it they wrap it around. Why? Because the thing didn't fit. But you know what? You were proud. Because that was your man. Come on. That was your man. I had a big football jersey. I mean a coat. Had a big letter on it. Had some medals hanging off from 15-yard penalties. And <laughs> Hello? So there my little woman was wearing my, a coat that didn't fit her. Amen. Because she was saying, this is my. Come, come on, you can say it. This is my man. 
Mm, mm, mm. That was like a brand. <laughs> and then when you were alone together, oh, come on. <clears throat> come on, when you was alone, what happened? Jose Feliciano came out with a, a song. Come on, baby. Light my fire. Come on. Mm. Steam the car. Walk down the Hold hands. Put your arm around. Why? Because you were in love. You had passion. When was the last time you had passion for Jesus? When was the last time you wore his FFA ring? When was the last time you put on God? When was the last time that you didn't care who knew he was your man. When was the last time? Some of us have been around it so long. I'm not trying to stir some of you. It's beyond me. It'll take God. My job is to bring you to a place of saying, I want to. <clears throat> Next phase would be, I got to. I got to tell somebody about this Jesus who doesn't know. It's awesome. You're awesome. And He's chosen you to once again fall in love with him. Would you fall in love with him? Could, could you do that? Could you, could you leave here and say, I don't care who? Wow. Once I had a dry week, had to tell somebody. I went to a little restaurant. A lady come. I said, well, she's paid to be nice to me. So I said, uh, could, could I talk to you just for a moment? She said, well, I'm really busy. So I did something that most of you could never do. I reached inside my billfold. Well, I can't do it today because I'm married. But, and uh, I pulled out a $20 bill. And I laid it on the table. And I said, could I talk to you for two minutes? She said, why? Sure. <laughs> and I said, I just got to tell somebody about this Jesus. You know what? That secret, that, that, that little waitress, that waitress today is in our church. Because I shared, yeah, it cost me 20 bucks. What's that? Four coffees? You can make a difference. Would you pay $20 to see somebody get saved? Would you? Would you live like you loved him once again?
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this way. Number one. Mm. I'm going to make it tough on you. You made it tough on me all day. You got to know that. <clears throat> well, why don't we stand? I'm going to get you halfway there. Is that okay? If you're here, if you're here, how many of you are here? Thank you. Uh, if you're here, And you, you know that you're not ready to meet Jesus. If you know. And God is speaking to you. Because you know he's got plans for you. It's not about you coming out of your sin. But living in this life that I'm talking about. If you're saying yes. I want to I have this Jesus. That fills my life. Would, would you just raise your hand. Okay. Amen. I mean, if you had to, okay, a couple of you. Anybody else? Ready to live for Jesus? Somebody, we're just going to wait just a moment. Okay. We got, got this young, I know it's this young man here. Um, could, uh, could you, if you want to go with him, just go over there and stand by the pastor. Could you do that? He's going to just pray with you. You'll live through it. You know, this, what you've just seen is a, a person that was once dead and now turning alive. Amen. See, if you don't receive Jesus, you don't go to heaven. Actually, you go to hell then. But the issue is, I, I always come out of this, the, the passionate life. Anyone else said, you know what? I want to live for Jesus. I want to give my heart to him. I, I want to have him Lord of my life. Anyone else? You know, I don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to miss out, okay? Okay. All right. Now. The next one. And, and I'm going to have, have you, if you're here, and, you're, and I'm going to ask you to do something. You've heard this message. God wants to use you. He loves you. You're awesome. And I'm going to have you make a commitment to bring one person. Just one. Next week, just one. Just one. I didn't say 50. Just one person. If you'll make a commitment, if you'll commit that you're going to go out with all your Holy Ghost, everything you have, lay on the line to bring one. Just to bring one person to fulfill your ministry, to reconcile people to Christ. Because they can come. That's just step one. But it's a small, it's a baby step. I didn't ask you to go out and lead a... In fact, I don't want you to minister to prostitutes, drug dealers. Don't go door to door. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to talk to your friends, your relatives, your associates, your neighbors, and you'll bring one. If you're willing to do that, willing to do that, I'm going to ask you to do something. Would you just come forward right now? If you're willing to do that. If you're willing to do, just bring one, just one. Not 20, not 50, just one. You'll do one to do See, we talked all day. We've talked all day about the ministry of reconciliation. Just one person. Just come, just come. I'm going to release some other people. Just smoke. Just come, just come. Come right close here. Come right close. Because this is important. What's going on here is important. Because this isn't the... Pa pastors produce pastors. I've never seen it. 
a pastor lay in a field and give birth to a, a sheep. But he, pastors give birth to pastors. They give birth to other things. Keep coming. If that's you, just keep coming. Just keep coming. Okay. Now, while you're up here, if, 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 if the others, if, if you want to leave, you're welcome to leave. But I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray. Is that okay? I'm going to ask, ask you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because this is major for this fellowship. Do you realize if just the ones, just you, just you. Wonderful group. Most of the church, by the way. This church will double in size by one week. I've seen it happen where a church doubled in one week. I've actually seen it. The next week, it grew again. So the pastor called up and complained. He said, you've made me lose my building now. <laughs> I'm telling you, the powers of darkness hates what's happening now. Because you're beginning to see who you are. Because you're awesome. And the God that's in you can change your neighborhood. If we could get enough cities in Kirksville, we'd take Kirksville by storm. Because people want to be touched by you. They want to because you're their neighbor. You're their friend. Amen. You work with them. So I'm going to pray for you. Is that okay? I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit. When you came forward, you made a commitment to bring how many? <sighs> Come on. We got some powerhouses here. Some of you could bring 20. I believe that here. I, I, I know some here. Now listen. I want you to hold your hands out like you're going to receive something. Could you do that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. God, these are your children. I know you're excited this day, God. Because before the foundations of the earth, you planned for these people. You know their names. They're more than just you or hey you or us or we. There's names here. They represent family. They represent an individual that's been filled by your spirit, God. And they represent you. These are your sons and your daughters coming into the family business right now. They're coming into the family business of seeing people. Snatching some, it says in Jude. Snatching some even out of the flames. Saying no to hell and yes to heaven. We're going to see marriages turn around. We're going to see teens turn around. We're going to see people set free from alcohol. People who were, were going to get a divorce, now they're going to just be excited for you. And we're going to see heaven fill. One person at a time. Now, Father, we ask that right now in the name of Jesus that you fill that you fill, that you fill, that you fill them. That this filling, this refilling,
Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost and just in chapter, in, in probably in chapter 1, and by chapter 4, he had to be refilled. And it says the house was shaken. The house was sh- This house, this church is being shaken this morning by the power of God. This house, this house, Christ's house, being shaken right now like an earthquake is happening. And souls are being released right now. The Spirit of God is being magnified. So I say just fill them right now. From the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet, fill them. And God, you said this in your word that perfect love mm, casts out fear. Perfect love. These folks here got a hold of something. Of God's design and God's love for them. Now fill them. God fill them so full that when they open up their mouth, a river, a river of life comes out. They won't feel it, but the person who's standing in front of them will feel the current of the Spirit of God. Their countenances will change. Their lives will change. Oh God, let it be so. As they open their mouths, the flow. As they open their mouths, the flow will come. And we will see a true manifestation. Lord God, in Romans chapter 8, it says this, that all the earth is longing. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for this. All the earth is longing for the manifestation of the sons of God. God, let this family manifest right now. Let it manifest. We know what a demonized person looks like. God, let us see what a spirit-filled person looks like, acts like. Oh, God, let this town never be the same. Let this town never be the same as these God-possessed people walk out of here filled with the Holy Ghost, doing God's will and God's way. They'll never be the same. Their neighbors and friends and relatives, associates will never be the same. God, we will see the unbelievable. Not only the poor and the downtrodden, but nurses, doctors. Mm. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now, God, we just ask that their filling be so wild that they just, they walk around almost with a smirk on their face. They just got a hold of God, got a hold of who they are. They're something. They're not nobodies. They're something. And they're children that long to please. Their number one thing is to please the Father.